time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. I think it's safe to say that my wife and I are truly empty nesters at this point. Now, last year, our son was at college and he's out of state. My daughter uh, was finishing up her college. And so in some ways, last year was like that. But we realized something changed. And what changed was now both of our kids, my daughter out of college in her own apartment, my son in college, but in his own apartment, no longer need us as home base. They can come home on holidays, but they don't have to anymore. There was that time when both of them had to be out of the dorms and they had to be home. Well, that day has passed. Now they have their own places and now they have their own things to do and they can come and go, you know, as they please in terms of their living place. And that created a new shift for us. We realized that something had changed. You may be wondering why I'm bringing that up. Well, because right now we're in the midst of a series on how the immutable laws of living, what I call the immutable laws of living. And these are those laws that if you violate them, you know, you're not going to go to jail, <laughs> but you might make life a little more difficult. If you haven't listened to the other laws, you might want to find them in the show notes at uh, Thrivology.com. If you're on that site, you can just look at the end of the show notes for this particular episode and find all of the links there. If you are listening on a podcast app, you can also find all of those old ones in uh, the feed. They're the last few. So go back and listen to those and recognize that what we're really talking about are those laws that you can get away with breaking for some time, but they make life more difficult. I always think about the law of gravity. You know, you can momentarily get away from it. I can jump up in the air and and for a moment feel like I've broken free or I can go parachute and for a moment I can feel like I've gotten away from the law of gravity. But generally the law of gravity does catch up with us. If we don't abide by it, we fall flat on our face at some point. And it's kind of like that with these immutable laws of living that if you don't abide by them, eventually things are going to get tough. This week, the immutable law of living is that change is inevitable. Now, here's something that's very clear about these laws. When I say them, I'm saying things that are somewhat obvious and things that people struggle with on a daily basis and pretend aren't so true. They try to stay away from these laws, even though they are true every time. So change is inevitable. And yet I hear people all of the time telling me how they don't like change. We all struggle with change in some ways, of of adapting to change and, and moving through it. And so the fact is that all of us have some place where we're kind of stuck on this change thing. It's just that change is unstoppable. It is inevitable. I've created a, a, an idea of the change matrix. And to understand the change matrix, all you have to do is is draw a, a rectangle. And in that rectangle, just divide it with a line down the middle and a line across the middle. So you have four different smaller rectangles. At the top left, just put desired. At the bottom left, just put undesired. On the bottom left, also add unexpected. And on the bottom right, put expected. That creates a matrix, and each of those uh, labels you can combine. So, for instance, in the upper left-hand box, you can put a D slash U, which means desired but unexpected. 
Just below that, on the uh, the lower left-hand quadrant, you can put U slash U, which is undesired and unexpected. And those are the changes that we really don't like. And then in the top right, you can put D slash E, which is desired and expected. And then just below that, put a U slash E, which is undesired but expected. Those are the four different levels of changes that come through our lives, four different types. We all want the desired and expected. Think about how that happens. It's the desired and expected. So you want to have a child and you get pregnant and have that child. It's the desired and expected. Maybe you want a child, but you didn't think you were going to get pregnant. That's desired and unexpected when that occurs. And then there are some that are undesired, unexpected. An illness that suddenly comes on and strikes somebody that you love and that maybe is life-threatening or even life-ending. That's an undesired, unexpected result. Or maybe it's undesired but expected. Undesired and expected may mean that the company you've been working for for 20 years is going to be closing and you know that's going to happen, but you don't want it to happen. You don't want to lose your job. You can create this this quadrant for almost any of the changes that are going on in your life and decide where they fit because the more desired the change and the more expected the change, the easier it is for us to cope. Even a desired unexpected change can uproot us and cause difficulties. The ones that really are tough are the ones that are undesired. If it's unexpected, undesired, there's a shock level to it that it's not just that you didn't want it to happen, but it's shocking that it happens. The ones that are undesired but expected may create long-term anxiety for you. In other words, we can make any of the changes that come in our life into one of those quadrants and you can begin to understand why it's a struggle or how it's going to be a struggle if you see it coming. My change matrix begins to help us break down how change comes to us and how we deal with them because most people struggle with change. None of us are always prepared for changes to happen and yet that's just part of life. Now, some people are glad for a change when things have been going badly. You know, maybe things just seem like they're tracking along at a bad place and then suddenly things start looking up and you're you're glad the change is there but for the most part, when things are going our way or things are kind of neutral, the change is scary for most people. If things are the way you like them, in other words, you got life right where you want it and then things take a downturn. We generally don't like that. And if things are just kind of copacetic, as my father would say, if they're kind of in the middle there, we don't want things to go down. It may not be all as great as we want, but it's not bad. And so we end up thinking about these different levels of change and realizing that lots of changes are ones we really want, but we generally don't pay attention to those. We pay attention to the ones we don't want. The difference between those two is really about uh, a car, right? Are you in the driver's seat or are you the passenger? In my family, I tend to be the driver. One is that I get us there a little faster than my wife would. And the other is I just like to have something to do while I'm in the car. So I tend to drive us most places unless I'm just exhausted or not feeling well. So that puts me in the driver's seat and my wife in the passenger seat. So I kind of think about that scenario because she has no control over what happens. 
or no sense of control. When you're in the driver's seat, you have control for the most part. Maybe things happen that are out of your control. Maybe there's a big wind that crosses over and kind of pushes your car over, or maybe something jumps out into your lane. You know, maybe the deer hops out into the road or a car swerves toward you or something like that, but you are in control of what you can control. You're in control of that vehicle as much as you can be. And you have choices about that. You have choices of how fast you're going to go, of how close you're going to to follow other people, of whether you're going to take one direction or another. All of that falls to the driver, which also means that the driver has some responsibility. We Sometimes we miss that part that when you're in the driver's seat, as much as everybody wants to be in the driver's seat, then you're having to call the shots and be responsible for those shots. But the passenger, many times, is at the mercy of the forces all around them and no sense of being able to uh, steer or brake. When I drive with my father uh, he in the passenger seat, he's so used to driving that he often tries to apply the brakes for me. Now, he doesn't put his feet on my side of the car, but he sure stomps his side of the car. And I can see him wanting to have some control because you can't control those forces from that side. You have few choices, but you also don't have responsibility. And a lot of times when there are changes in our lives, we are drivers or passengers. And sometimes when we're drivers, it's a little bit easier to cope, but there's still something that's going on in the midst of all that. And we've got to decide how we're going to deal with what's coming our way. So broadly put, most of us don't like change that is thrust upon us, where we're not in the driver's seat at all, where we have no choices where we really have no options in the matter. We just don't like that feeling. Some of us don't even like the change when we have a choice about it. We don't even like it when we're in the driver's seat and choosing our direction. But when we resist change, it leads us to stagnation. And part of what happens is that we we want to believe that change doesn't really happen, that we have this belief somehow that we can keep change from coming in and interfering in our lives, but that that's impossible. The fact is that there really is only one constant in the world, and that is change. There is no option about that. The illusion is that there is no change, and we humans play on that illusion. Sometimes we keep telling ourselves that, oh, nothing's really changed in our lives, but the world keeps on moving along. Think about how the world just spinning through space. There's change in that. There are seasons that come with that. And, and as we spin through the world, you know, a lot of people say, well, I don't travel much. And my response is you travel millions and millions and millions of miles every single year as you spin around and move around the sun and the sun and all of us move through the universe. We actually are moving a great deal. We're doing a whole lot of journeying through space. And then we have the seasons that remind us of that. You know, as I'm sitting here, I'm watching as we transition from summer to fall and and I'm watching as people transition from uh, the times of summer to the times of fall and, and then we'll be into the holiday season and then we'll be into the winter season and then we'll be into the spring and, and around and around it goes every single year that there is constant change around us. We age. We can't stop that. We can't freeze ourselves. Our kids age and move through and our parents age and our friends age and things happen because of that. Our body is constantly changing. Did you know that the majority of your body has replaced itself every four years and almost all of your body has replaced itself every seven years? The majority, meaning more than 50% 
of all of your cells have been replaced. Now, your brain holds on to a core number of cells all of your life, and your bone, the same thing, and it changes a little bit differently. But your skin, your connective tissues, your gut, your hair, all of those other cells in your body are constantly changing, dying, renewing. You're a whole new person, pretty much, every four to seven years. And so when we believe, I haven't changed, we're missing the fact that we are constantly under change. One of the things that happens because of my two favorite activities of running through the woods, I don't like running on the roads, I like running on trails, and paddling down the stream or in any other waterway is that I am keenly aware of the changes that go on around me. And because I tend to get up the same time every day, I'm keenly aware of the changes in the day, the hours. And so I try to stay kind of connected to the changes going on around me. So I'm reminding, uh, reminded of the fact that I am constantly in a world of change. As I'm running and paddling these same places over and over, I see that they are not the same trail and not the same stream that I paddled the last time or I ran the last time, that they are constantly changing. Things are growing and dying and budding and going away and the the, uh, current is stronger and weaker and, and the height of the water is different and the fish around me and the texture of the water, what's in the water, all of those things are constantly changing. And yet we humans want to pretend that We haven't changed at all. A few weeks back, I had a client who was struggling with working on his marriage say, my wife says I've changed and I keep telling her I haven't changed at all. And my response was, I hope you have. Because if you haven't changed, something's wrong. I hope you have, but I hope you will choose to change intentionally. Not just to let the changes happen, but to choose how you want to change and what direction you want to change in the fact that change is inevitable. So how do we violate this immutable law of living? Well, one is we pretend that nothing is changing. We pretend that there is nothing that's going to change in our lives. So we miss the changes along the way. We miss the fact that our kids are changing on a daily basis and our parents are growing older on a daily basis. We miss the fact that we have to make some changes in our lifestyle because of the health changes that happen with an aging body. And by aging, I don't mean an old body, but the fact that every day it's a day older. It's a changing body, which leads to huge and painful shifts when they finally come. Sometimes parents suddenly realize that they've been treating their teenager like a child because they weren't willing to look at the changes and what that meant in their relationship along the way. And sometimes we have adult children that still we treat like our kids and the kids that we get to call their shots. And then we're still missing the change that's already happened. And it creates a painful shift in the relationship as that child finds some other ways of dealing with that. Sometimes in our own health, We suddenly realize that we have been neglecting for so long. I've watched people who continue to eat like they did in college through their adult years and then one day turn around and say, how did this happen to me that I'm so out of shape and I've gained so much weight and my blood chemistry is so far off and everything is upside down because they didn't see the changes that were happening and they have a painful shift they have to make. I say that because I've been through that place. Of, of not watching my health and not watching what I was putting into my body and realizing one day that I was out of shape and that I was not feeding myself well. And so I recognized that I had a painful shift I had to make or risk losing my life. And that's true for so many people, that we try to hold off the changes around us. 
We try to pretend that nothing is changing when everything around us is changing. So the second way we violate this is we resist the places where we need to change. We hold on to what isn't working any longer. We keep forcing the old models into new situations. I talked about paradigms a few weeks ago and how we all have limited paradigms. And this is one of those places where it fits back into the next law. Because when we hold on to what isn't working any longer, we're working from the old paradigm. And yet, there's a whole new place for us to move to. So we keep trying to force everything through that old model that doesn't work and into new situations. And it happens over and over in our culture where we watch as something is left behind because of some change. I watched some, some, uh, some footage of some pictures of what happened when the new train came through the town you know, century ago when the trains became the norm. And what kept happening is that people were getting hit by the train because they didn't have it in their mind to look for the train. They weren't used to the train. It didn't fit their, new, their old model. The new model was the train would chug on through town and they would just walk across the track that had been put there and get hit by the train. The same thing we see happening with electric cars now where we're listening for the car because that's how we used to be able to track it and then we step out and there's a car that's almost silent coming our way. In fact, you may not know it, but they add sounds to electric cars so that those around can hear it, not because it's necessary for the car itself. We keep forcing the old models into the new situations. Think about the other ways that happens. Just one quick example. Think about Uber. Who saw Uber coming? Well, I can tell you one group that didn't. It's the cab companies. They did not see it, and so they're running to catch up because they were trying to stay in the old model. Uber what well, looks like the new model. At least it got rid of the middle person, and that's the new model in so many areas. And yet we watch as innovations come along and shifts happen, and we don't know what to do. Remember the, the last time you saw a payphone on the street? Probably not really recently. But what happens if you still need that payphone? I remember the time when there was that place where lots of people had cell phones, but lots still didn't, and those payphones were available. And then everything shifted. Everything is constantly shifting around us. Now, I think about the fact that when I was a teenager, I was running all over the place without any way of communicating with my parents, and yet I would be horrified if my child was away and didn't have some way of connecting with us, and yet that's the new norm, not the old norm. Change happens, good and bad, and that's an important part, that change is just change. Some things are good and some things are bad. And some things are good for one group that are bad for another group. Change is just the norm. So how do we get back into the abeyance of this law that change is inevitable? Number one, commit to lifetime learning and growing. If it's going to be changing all around you, commit to learning and being that new person. What I said to the person who was telling me how he was trying to reassure his wife that he had not changed at all was to change. Go with the change. Learn to change, but be intentional about it. When we're committed to a lifetime of learning and growing, we're looking at the changes that are coming our way. We're retooling ourselves for that new place. Number two, try out new things and experiences. Try out new flavors. Listen to new music. Go to different events that stretch you a little bit, that help you stay attached. Maybe look at some new areas that will enlighten you a little bit. Let people tell you about changes. 
If we just look at the societal changes that have happened in our country, we watch a group of people trying to hold on to something that has long been gone, but they still resist because they don't want the change, usually because they lose on those changes. That's the nature of the resistance to those changes. Which leads us to number three. Look at the edges of your passions, your job, your interests, etc. for things that are changing. Look around you on the edges for the things that are coming in. What's going to impact your job? If there's one major shift that is coming for almost every professional, it's the fact that the professionals are being replaced by the contracts. And jobs are changing left and right. I've watched it in education. I've watched it in in architecture, in engineering. It's coming to law. It's already there in some places in law. So many places are being affected by this model that says, I can contract. I don't have to have a full-time employee here. And that's changed our whole workforce in ways that have been particularly painful for some and particularly lucrative for others. So look at the edges of your passions and of your job and interest to see what's growing and what's coming in. And number four, remember that there have always been three groups as as a change comes through, as a new model comes in. There are the pioneers, there are the settlers, and then there are the resistors. You don't have to be the pioneer. You don't have to be the cutting edge. It's okay that there are some people who are pioneers. Usually the front edge of the pioneers lose their lives to the movement. In business, maybe they're there too soon. And so their business doesn't become sustainable. Uh, in the frontier life, they were the ones who were out front and, and getting uh, shot at by those who didn't want them in their land. But following that were the settlers. And these are the, the companies that come in, move in to new areas of growth. We have a shopping center that's not far from us. When it first opened, it had a brand new, a kind of a pioneer uh, coffee place. That coffee place didn't make it. It was too early. There weren't enough people around at that point. But now, years and years later, there's a new coffee place that will survive because they're the settlers. They weren't the front edge, but they were the the next part. Sometimes those who adopt technology right off the bat find that that technology doesn't make it to the mainstream. But the rest of us can jump on board shortly after and do very well. But then there are those who resist. They're the ones who don't want to, you know, maybe around uh, uh, the technology, they're the Luddites, right? That don't want anything new to come along. And yet those new things are going to come along. Sometimes there are those who are still trying to hold their uh, connections to the old ways, whether it's about power or about anything else. They want to hold to the old ways, even as things are shifting. Watch how this plays out so many places. It played out in our economy not many years ago where some pioneers got themselves into trouble, but the settlers came along and made a lot of money, but then there are the resistors who got run over, who lost their money in the process. Being a settler is a great place to be. Being a resistor, not so good. Pioneer, it's a fun place to be, exciting place to be. If you want to be there, that's great. But most of us who are going to find our success and live through the changes are really the settlers that come in after the pioneers have made their way and we find the resources rich and we find the places that there is change that we can grow into and understand. The resistors are left behind. When we look at the world, the world is constantly changing. Pretending like it's not changing doesn't keep it from happening, but it does make this shift for you much more painful and difficult down the road. Except that change is inevitable 
Remember that this is the immutable law of living and recognize that looking for the changes can bring you new possibilities and potentials as you move forward. If this has been helpful, if this this episode has been helpful or the others, I would love it if you would share with people. You can share it on Facebook or or Twitter or anywhere else that I have the, the social media links just below. And that's a great way to help people find it. If you're here, just click the Facebook. If you're on the webpage at Thrivology.com, just click the Facebook uh, share button and you can share it right there. If you're not there though, but you're on Twitter, then you can you just use uh, get send us a little love by going to Thrivology.com slash love in a browser. Thrivology.com slash love. And that creates a pre-populated tweet that you can send and just let people know how to get here. You can leave a, re- a, a review in iTunes. That's a great way. Or on Stitcher. It's a great way of sharing the word. Let people know. If this has been really, really helpful and you want to say, how can I be supportive? Just to the right on the webpage is a link for Patreon. Patreon is a way of becoming a patron of the show. And you may decide that you want to throw in a dollar or two or three dollars per show just to say, hey, I'm behind you. I support you. I can I can get some help from this and stand with you. And here's the thing I know. If you decide to be a patron, you will be more tied in and find more changes because you're committed to the process. You've stepped in. So consider being a patron, but either way, let people know I wish you the best as you continue to work to have a thriving life. You've been listening to the Thrivology Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at Thrivology.com or at ThrivologyMagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Thank you.